You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Want to let you know this episode brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app. Join us on Friday at noon Pacific. We're back to noon Pacific this week, Andy. That's yes, we are. Noon Pacific. Uh, uh, noon Pacific to get in on the action against Spotify Green Room. Uh, game one of the NBA Finals to, uh, was Tuesday. That was a kind of an interesting game, even though the, the score wasn't terribly close. Um, some some fun takeaways from that, Andy, from what I call the Sucks series, mm-hmm. the Sun versus the Bucks. Um, yeah, some people seem to enjoy that. I know. I was probably pretty proud of myself after that. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're going to try to get into that. Maybe some Andre Drummond talk because he was all over social media in a uh, very entertaining and somewhat confusing way on, Mon- on uh, Tuesday, I should say. But let's start with this, Andy, because we have arrived. It is officially here crazy silly trade season is here twitter was a buzz you could say on tuesday with the following trade rumor the lakers and thunder are trying to finalize a deal sending kemba walker to la in return for a, a deal surrounding uh, uh surrounding their first round pick this season and kyle kuzma uh this from a fake version of the nba central yes uh yeah, we, account. You, you know that we're uh, entering Wild Wild West season when a fake tweet uh, or a fake account for an aggregating site that, quite frankly, can get kind of loose themselves, that manages to go viral with over 4,000 uh, retweets, quote tweets, uh, almost 14,000 likes as of this recording. Right. And uh, it wasn't, folks, it wasn't 2,300 quote tweets uh, and like 1,900 re- retweets of people going, guys, this is a fake site. Don't pay it. It was like, no way, man. Or like the Lakers wouldn't do that. Like it is, it is on Andy. <laughs> we are ready. We are here. We are here for craziness. But um, here's the thing, all kinds though. of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, unfortunately though, we are going to be, neck deep in a lot of rumors that ultimately won't come to fruition, uh, whether real or through the fake woges, the fake shams of the world, all that stuff. And I'm sure one of them is actually going to be Kemba Walker to the Lakers. Oh, yeah. No, we're going to owe this this fake website an apology. In like, in like, in like no, we're not going to owe them shit. They made this up. I mean, whether or not this actually becomes a rumor or something that is being discussed between these front offices they fabricated this. I'm not apologizing. No. <laughs> no. It's it's a it's a prescient fabrication. I don't know. I'm a damn thing, Brian. I don't know. What but you're like, so about. but like, we're going to get into some though. Like, it does raise the question though. We'll get into it in in uh, with what the Lakers have to offer. Um, I ran across a really interesting article about uh, the trade thing, you know, the things that the Indiana Pacers have on their roster that other people might be interested in. And so, I want to take you through an exercise. Of um, uh, of whether or not the Lakers' assets, and we're going to outline them here in a second, match up with like the kinds of players the Pacers are selling. It's a really good exercise for fans to understand like what realistically the Lakers might be able to get this offseason. All right, but what I, what I want to do first though is actually grapple with the fake and made up rumor. Um, would you actually 
go after and trade the stuff that the Lakers have for Kemba Walker? Like when you saw this fake potential trade, did you mm -hmm. say to yourself, hmm, I wonder if this is a good idea? No, because I was pretty convinced <laughs> off of that it was a bad idea. <laughs> I, I knew right away that this was not something the Lakers should be pursuing. I, I like Kemba Walker as a player. He also has not been healthy the last couple years, and the Lakers are going to have to give up a lot from their rotation just to make the numbers match because he's going to have, a, I believe, a $36 million salary next year. So the Lakers are going to end up having to give up THT for sure because he's the only player on the Laker roster that would be traded who even sort of makes sense for a rebuilding OKC. Maybe Alex Caruso also, like I, I guess the rare uh, double sign and trade within the same trade uh, within the same team for from like one, one side. One guy has that ever happened? I don't know. Like, can you but, even um, do that? <laughs> I don't know, know if you're allowed to do that. I don't know if you're actually able to do that. They might have to come up with I, I don't know, like two trades that equal one, something like that. I don't know, but just I forget the uh, forget whether or not this actually can be done. I'm just talking about what would be necessary in order to, to have it be sort of doable and actually make sense for OKC. You're definitely giving up THT, maybe Caruso, and then either KCP or Kuzma to make the numbers match. That's a lot of your rotation to give up for a guy. And, and, and who, potentially the draft pick as they're sure. outlining in this fake trade. Yeah. Um, that's a lot to give up in order to bring in a guy in Walker who has struggled to stay on the court the last two years. Hey, does, for, does, does Kemba solve the I mean, I and I like Kemba. I think he's a I I I liked him when he was in Charlotte. I liked him in Boston. Uh hell, I liked him in Yukon. Yeah. I mean, he's just he's one of those guys. I mean, I understand undersized. Uh, struggles defensively, all that kind of stuff. But like, just solid player, good, good dude can score. I mean, in that sense, he he solves a need for the Lakers. But as a point, we'll get into a little bit of this with the, when we talk about Game One of the Finals. But like, on a team with LeBron, does, is he the kind of point guard that does the stuff that the Lakers need? He's not a great shooter from outside. I think the best he's ever shot uh, from three point range is like 38 percent. Not a big guy to pile up a ton of assists. He's really just sort of a high-volume, fun scorer. I mean, that's I'm not. he's not even my favorite guy. He's certainly not at $36 million a year. I, I think he's a more accomplished version of what they have in Schroeder, to be honest. I mean, if, if you're going to trade for Kemba Walker, I would rather give... a defender, to be honest. Right, I mean, I would rather, right. I would rather give Schroeder his ridiculous Tasha, uh de Detache, the bag that he's asking for, you know, the reported 100 to 120 million. I would rather do that for a guy in Schroeder who's been more durable of late and at least is a better defender and is more familiar with the guys that he'll be playing with moving forward than Walker, who is, I believe, older and definitely has had a hard. Yeah, he's definitely older. He's, he's definitely been, older. He's going into his age yeah, 31 season. Yeah, and he's had a harder time staying on the court the last couple of years. I, I think it would actually be a pretty bad deal for the Lakers, especially considering just how win now they're in and how much they are trying to maximize this window with LeBron and AD. I, I, no, I, do I don't like think it's a good I idea. I do like, though, that he's six feet tall. Um, so if we're ever let back in the locker room, I do have an affinity for the guys who we can kind of look at eye to eye. Uh, we're getting mm -hmm. close to that, so I do, I do like that. But let's let's talk. Let's actually lay out. You mentioned a few of the things. Like, what do the Lakers have? 
like as we enter trading season, it's kind of important for people to have sort of, I think, an inventory, like a realistic inventory of what it is the Lakers have to offer. So here's kind of my list and tell me if you think I'm missing anything. Okay. There is the 2020, what year are we? 2021. And like first round pick, the 22nd yes. pick in this year's draft. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. There's Kyle Kuzma. Mm-hmm. The contract, I guess, if you like the player and the deal for Contavious Caldwell Pope. Yeah, he's on my list. Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah, sign and trade. Sign on my and list. trade. Potential Alex Caruso, sign and yep. trade if you if you like that. That's about it, right? Maybe. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe Dennis Schroeder sign and traded. Maybe. Maybe that's a really complicated again. One. I'm just trying to come up with the potential options, if not necessarily the actual because I don't think they have they have the they do not have the ability, if I understand it right, to trade another first round pick after this year, which they can draft somebody 30 days later, they can trade them. They can't trade a future pick until 2027, I believe, is is what it is because of all the pick swaps and this and that and whatever that are attached to the Anthony Davis deal. So yeah, that's, that's what they've got, right? Yeah. I, I don't think I'm missing anything. There. No, that's my list. That's exactly okay. who was on my list. That's, um, it. that's the list. It's not and, a great list. Well, okay. We're, we're going to get into this with more specific examples um, from a piece that we saw uh, about the Pacers and right. their potential trade options from fan sided. But in a nutshell, the big problem the Lakers are going to have in terms of trying to swing deals is none of the pieces that they have demonstratively make a contending team better unless they're a team that happens to be really top-heavy but needs to add more depth to complement their stars but can somehow give up a player you know, to the Lakers that would make them better. And for a rebuilding team, THT is the only player they have that really would be valuable to a team like oh, wow. we said earlier, OKC. Contavious Caldwell Pope. He's got a ring. Veteran leadership. That's what you're trading for there, Andy. Um, all right. Well, let's do that. Let's use the Pacers and the example from this story um, to kind of walk our way through what maybe the Lakers, what caliber player the Lakers might be able to get because the Pacers actually have a pretty good range of, of, of guys that run the gamut in the trade target area. So we'll do that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Spotify Greenroom, the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. Once you're in, you can talk with me, Brian, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team, the Lakers, or other sports. We're going to be hosting rooms for Locked on Lakers once a week, Fridays, noon Pacific time. Unless you hear otherwise, you can join us in the conversation, an extension of the Locked on Lakers podcast that you listen to every day or watch every day on the YouTube channel. Spotify Greenroom, perfect place to start or join conversations about the NBA. You'll find fans just like you for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns. Go download the free Spotify Greenroom app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Make sure to create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join the group for the latest league updates. Follow us at Cam Brothers on Twitter to be notified when the room goes live. It's always under A. Kamenetsky. You're not going to want to miss it again noon pacific time on fridays we want to hear from you guys the room's been growing it's been a lot of fun so we'll see you there spotify green room changing the way we talk sports 
All right, so I uh, I came across this story earlier this week, Andy. I was you know, as as I do. I'm reading up on on things around the NBA. Eight eight points nine seconds. A really good. It's that's a, a Pacers blog. It's been around for a long time, um, and they're part of the fan sided network now. They had uh, a cool feature up about the the five trade assets that the Pacers have. Uh, one of which is a draft pick. We're going to skip that. But um, I thought it was really interesting because they kind of go from low to high in terms of the, 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 the value that these guys might have across the league. And it got me thinking, like, could the Lakers trade for player X uh, on the Indiana Pacers here? It's all very clean and self-contained. Again, not super concerned about salary capping and sign-in trades and whether or not you can match salaries. Or not. I'm thinking like in terms of the caliber of players that these sure. guys have to offer. So, and then if you, you know, we can have a little fun with whether or not the Lakers would want them. The first one on their list is Jeremy Lamb. Uh, small forward came back from injury last year, actually had a decent season. Uh, one of his, uh, I think his career best shooting percentage from three-point range shot about 40% had typically been a relatively low percentage guy who can do a sort of a bunch of different things. Um, do you feel like the Lakers have enough assets to trade for a player the caliber of Jeremy Lamb? Potentially. I mean, if, if they feel like, because the Pacers are, I would think, in win-now mode, and this is important to note um, in terms of how we'd gauge any of this stuff, Brian, mm-hmm. because they just brought in Rick Carlisle to coach him, and that's not a guy that you immediately hire to tear it all down. So, you know, the the idea of could, say, KCP or Kyle Kuzma make them better than Jeremy Lamb in certain respects, I I could see where they would think that. Um, So, yeah, I think the Lakers could potentially make that kind of deal for Lamb, who's only under contract one more year. Maybe the Pacers like the idea of having KCP or Kuzma a little bit longer while they're really trying to win now, have a little more consistency. That being yeah. said, I'm not sure Lamb actually makes the Lakers better in terms I, yeah, of Yeah, I know. I, I agree with that. I mean, I'm not sure he's – I don't know if he's any better than Kuzma. But, like, as a – you could, I think the point you're making there, too, about matching – and this is important to think about. Like, matching the team needs and, like, the, where the teams are in a timeline, like, that. that's important. It's possible, I agree with you, that they could say – Contavious Caldwell Pope fills a need for us. Same caliber player maybe as Jeremy Lamb. Kyle Kuzma maybe same caliber player as Lamb. But this guy does X a little better, and that's what we need. Jeremy Lamb does Y. That's why the Lakers want him, whatever it might be. Um, Doug McDermott, another guy, by the way, who is kind of, you know, as has been kind of rumored as a natural trade target for the Lakers just because he can shoot. Yeah, it's basically I mean, all Doug McDermott can do is shoot. He, yeah, he absolutely fills a need for the Lakers. I mean, they they need his ability to stretch the floor. He's actually better too at getting to the rim than his rep. You know, it's what happens to the American white boys. Nobody trusts them to do that. But you know, he whether working off cuts or even a little bit off drives, he's better at it than I think his reputation is. He actually sh- had more shots from within five feet this year than I believe over the course of his career. Um, th- he's going to cost money, though. 
Like McDermott's going to be, I think, more expensive than some people may in- anticipate because of that shooting ability and the they free made seven market. million dollars last year. That's going to go up. up. This would end up being a sign and trade again. I and the mechanics under the new CBA of sign and trades are. I, I every time I st- I talk about, it, I feel like I have to stop, go look them up, and come back. So we're going to ignore them for now. But he is going to be more expensive than the seven million dollars that he made last year. There's no question about that. Right. Let's say if you wanted to double that, could you again picture a scenario where the Pacers covet Kyle Kuzma as a more versatile player? You know, being able to do a little bit more well than mm-hmm. McDermott can do. You know, especially defensively, or KCP as a much more established defender. I think it's possible. I, I mean, with with everybody healthy for Indiana. McDermott's likely coming off the bench anyway. You know, for the Lakers to get the kind of value out of somebody like McDermott, they really, I think, need to start him. Like, you'd have to figure out a way to play him next to AD and LeBron, um, and if not starting games, be able to have a lot of lineups where he finishes. Maybe that's that lineup where AD is at the five. You put LeBron, obviously, at the four, McDermott at the three. Th- and then, g- and then Brian, you are able to cr- you know, legitimately use the gravity that he has. This gets back to, though, what I was talking about during Tuesday's show about how Davis's reluctance and the Lakers' acquiescence to that reluctance to play the five complicates things. Like It makes it more complicated because when you said getting the most out of it, okay, who are you going to sit? KCP, who makes the exact same money theoretically as McDermott would make? Schroeder, who we've already established, he's making Detache. He's making the bag. That's going to be way more. Right. Like $13 million. So, right. You're right. Somebody's got to sit. Yeah. So, it again, it makes it more complicated. Even in this this lineup where AD is at the five, still somebody is going to have to sit. But what what I think is fascinating about it is a guy, the Lakers need shooting. There's no question the Lakers need shooting, but they also need shooting that that can be on the court a lot. Mm-hmm. Having a guy, you know, having a rich man's Ben McLemore doesn't necessarily solve the problem because if you only, if he's a guy who's only going to play 18, 20, 22 minutes and not in high leverage situations, that doesn't, that, I mean, it helps a little bit maybe with the second unit, but it doesn't necessarily help space the floor around their stars. Well, it could though, because you can come up with a lineup with, with the Lakers having this good of defenders where you can cover for McDermott. And uh-huh. like you said, he is a, a rich man's Ben McLemore because A, he's a better shooter and scorer than McLemore. And B, Ben McLemore makes uh, Doug McDermott look like prime Ron Artest defensively. Like McDermott is a lockdown specialist <laughs> compared to Ben McLemore. At like least ben McDermott's at least aware of like you know, yeah. and will try. He's just not that good at it. Uh, you but you understand what I'm saying. Like you, yeah. for the Lakers to get the value out of a shooter like that, he's got to be able to play. And so then it becomes a matter of who do you sit, and um, it, it it you know there, somebody's going to be unhappy, I suppose. But I. I think they, this is the type of guy where you know they had it a little bit with Danny Green, where like the respect factor just forces defenses to pay attention. Yeah, and, yeah. And, he, you know. he's he's good enough that he can offset some of that other stuff, particularly if you come up with lineups where they can cover him. And as long as as long as he's not getting targeted in a way that just completely screws up your defense, 
having to adjust for that. I think they can make it work at times. And, you know, there'll be other times where they're defending a lead where he wouldn't make sense to have out there anyway. That may be true. Um, All right. Now, here's where it gets really interesting when you start breaking down uh, players on the Pacers. The next guy they had on their list of tradable assets that they may be looking to move is Malcolm Brogdon. No. Makes absolutely no sense for Indiana. There's nobody the Lakers have who even sort of makes. If more you sense put for them all of the Brogdon. things, you put all of the things into the bucket. The team that gets the best player almost always wins the trade. Um, it is very difficult to make up talent gaps with volume. Yeah, but I get three or four really good players for one. You know, th- three or four pretty good players for one really good one. Setting, you know, and and so Malcolm Brogdon, when he's healthy, and set that aside for a minute. If you'd want to make a trade for him, Malcolm Brogdon is an excellent basketball player, and he is significantly better than any of the players that would be going back to Indiana in that scenario. And so, uh, yeah, and I think Miles Turner is kind of in the same boat. So it gets very tricky to try to trade anybody. And that's really the 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 issue that the Lakers are going to run into is like, ultimately you either have to really believe in THT as a, as another team, perhaps value Caruso more than the Lakers do, which is hard to do because the Lakers value him a lot or, and this is a conversation that we have all the time. Think that there's something that's, that's left to be unlocked with Kyle Kuzma. I'm no longer that guy. I think he is what he is. Um, I think he can get better around the margins, but by and large, this is who he is. I I think you probably say the same about Alex Caruso. You know, he is likely who he is at this point with hopefully like little incremental improvements. I just, I don't see Caruso as a guy who is going to come back next year or the year following and suddenly be a great offensive player. I just don't, I just don't see it. Doesn't seem likely. Um, Or even like a really good one. I think, you know, he'll shoot a little bit and then we'll spend most of the time going, God, I wish Caruso would be a little bit He's not the type of player, Brian, that you could build a team around and take you to the finals. Speaking of which, today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little more this season. Um, All right. So, well, obviously, Andy, we'll, we'll spend a lot of time talking about trades, fake, real, and whatever. But I just thought this was an interesting... uh, exercise to kind of go through at the beginning of silly season um and uh yeah so uh, let's talk about the uh, game one of the nba finals we'll do that next locked on lakers brought to you by built bar the best tasting protein bar ever bars covered in 100 chocolate they are soft easy to chew not like the ones that you know are just a chore to chew they are deadbeat protein bars but built bars they're healthy they're great for the health conscious guy who's trying to lose or maintain weight while still just indulging in something that tastes awesome low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber great for keto diets 12 original flavors including raspberry coconut almond salted caramel banana bread new flavors including cherry barcia lemon almond cheesecake cookies and cream i love them because i like unique taste combinations and you don't get bored with built bar feeling like you're eating the same thing over and over. So go to Built Bar, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your first order. Again, the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, it's in full swing. We're really almost at the All Star break almost. So you can Crazy. track all the action at Bet Online. I have not been paying attention. Uh, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sport and needs, whether it's baseball, uh, the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup Finals, which are almost over, um, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Uh, so before the next pitch, go to Bet Online on your laptop and mobile device. Check out all the great stuff there. There, use the uh, get your welcome bonus, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. And again, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Game one of the NBA Finals, Andy, 118 105 goes to Phoenix. Um, the game was not terribly close. Uh, Phoenix, I think, dominated most of it, they were in control for most of that game. Particularly uh, in the second half. Is particularly in the really second half. You, Bucks make a little bit of a run, um, which I think they can use to feel better about themselves. I, I think this was, to me, it felt like one of those games where everybody can kind of walk away feeling like, all right, you know, Phoenix wins the game they have to win because I, I forget exactly what the stat was, but it's like teams that with home court advantage in game one of the NBA Finals when they have more rest are like 13-0, and 0, some sort mm -hmm. of absurd statistic. And, you know, so it's a game that Phoenix has to win. They do. Milwaukee comes out of it going, okay, we made a little progress in the second half. Giannis looked like he was okay. Yeah, Giannis um, looked just – his timing to me looked a little bit off, and I'm sure it was, but he did not look to be laboring at all. Right. And that's I mean, He took 11 shots. Middleton took 26. He sure. played 35 minutes. Middleton played 45. But some of that is a function of the score and the game flow and all that. But the point is he looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that chase down block that was oh my insane. God, was incredible. And so, you know, I, I I think that's that's sort of what stuck out to me is that everybody gets to walk away from it. And then, you know, from a Phoenix standpoint, God, I mean, Chris Paul, 12 of 19, 32 points in his first NBA finals game. And DeAndre Ayton, who ate up the Lakers can and ate up the Western Conference, now is eating up the Eastern Conference. 22 points, eight of ten from the floor, 19 flipping rebounds. I am so psyched for how good you know, like people are recognizing, okay, it's it's fine. He's not Luca, but damn, he's good. Yeah, it, it's been an incredible coming out party for him. And with, with DeAndre Ayton, like, the difference in mobility between him and Brooke Lopez was absolutely glaring in this game. And, you know, L Lopez is, has become a much better defender. You know, he's a good player, the, solid yeah, player. In the, in the lane, he's become a better shot blocker. Like, he really began putting in the work on that. And I think it really started during his one season with the Lakers. But it's night and day in terms of what Aiton can do all over the court in, in terms of defensively and just not being a complete liability with the perimeter. And I, I was thinking about during this game, other than maybe, maybe Clint Capella at his absolute best, there is no better version of a big man in the NBA right now than DeAndre Ayton, who feels like both a throwback and a modern NBA big. You know what I mean? Like Because he's not a liability in, in a spread out NBA that we have right now. You know, he, he's mobile and fast enough and mm -hmm. can get up and down the court. He's got agility, but he's still a guy that ultimately doesn't serve a, a perimeter purpose other than setting screens and, and rolling. Like he's modern in the sense that he lives in the post offensively. That, that's all that he does. 
and it, a throwback. It's, he's a throwback. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. That, that's so what he's I'm saying. Mo- right. He's not modern in that in well, that sense. Right. He he's a throwback in the sense of where he lives. Off right. You just. You, I think you said it backwards, but I get what you're saying. Like, he's right because I was thinking like, well, Joel Embiid, but what you're saying is he's you know Embiid is it, Embiid too modern threes. in some he, ways. Right. right. That's that's what I'm talking about. Like all the other guys, what you know. Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Anthony Davis, down, you know, Bam Adebayo, down right. the and, line. He, and what I think is interesting about about Aiden is he does it without getting in the way. Right. And, you know, Rudy Gobert is more of a throwback, but we saw during these gets, playoffs and right, playoffs gets, pass. Kind of gets in the way. Right. You you defensively, you can find ways where even though he's not he's not awful in terms of these switches, but he's just not quick enough. And you he know what it is, target. honestly, though, but I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's so much the defense as it is that, you know, ways teams can attack him. He's not as versatile offensively. And like, you know, that, this is what I, when I was watching this, I kept looking at Aiden, and we've talked about it throughout the playoffs, but I kept looking at Aiden going, God, you know, yeah, I mean, harps on the the center exchange the Lakers had this year and, and all that and the defense, this and all, whatever. The Lakers really miss those easy lobs and the dunks and the putbacks and all that kind of stuff. That eight easy points a game, ten easy points a game at a really high efficiency. Then that's what Aiton provides. And then you combine that. And I don't, I don't expect Dennis Schroeder to play like Chris Paul in the pick and roll. That's not fair. But like ugh, a little bit of something, something in that pick and roll game that the Lakers just lacked this year. Um, it, it you could see, and obviously LeBron's going to have the ball in his hands, and it's different. And everything was all effed up this year, but that I just like looked at it with a little bit of the jellies. Like that's well, what the Lakers were missing this year. It's not though, Brian, just the ability to run those pick and rolls. It's the way both both Paul and Booker can run them, but both of them can work in that mid range and against the bigs. It just leaves them in no man's land so often. Like what the Lakers went through. In the first round, like you, you would see Gasol or Drummond or Davis when he was available, like often getting frozen because most teams, that's their no man's land. Yeah. You know that mid range, that's where you want to send guys. And Phoenix, especially with Booker and Paul, and even like campaign, like there's nowhere where you really want to send these guards at all. And then like Chris Paul during these playoffs. He's just an incredible step on your throat player. Mm-hmm. Like I, I used to say all the time that, you know, still do that. Nobody scares me more in a tight game than Damian Lillard. But Chris Paul is making the case for like the best guy taking over the fourth or even the second half and making sure that a game doesn't get close to begin with. Well, like if you, it's, it's because, you know, you know, he's not going to waste a possession. Like, you okay. know, he's not going to throw away one every trip down the floor when he's got the ball in his hands, the way he's playing right now, the when, when he's got the ball in his hands, since he kind of turned it around uh, in the last round, you know, came back from the injury, wasn't great for a couple games and then has been excellent. When he's playing like this, every possession is a good possession. Okay. To that point um, in this game, game one, nine assists against just two turnovers, which is basically his averages for the playoffs, 8.7 assists versus 1.6 turnovers. I looked it up. For the entire playoffs, which for him is 15 games because of the ones that he's missed due to either injury mm-hmm. or, or COVID, only two games with more than two turnovers. Like that is insane, insane for That's a guy insane. with the ball in his hands Every that much, yeah. making that many passes. That's crazy. 
That's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely just, incredible. I, and so in that, I'm, I'm, I, you know, we talked about it. I love Drew Holiday. I'm a big Giannis fan. I like the Bucs. Um, I think their uniforms are fantastic too. Um, but there are a lot of things to like about, about the Suns and the way they're playing. And as we've pointed out, they're basically the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I think Just the plan. Tell that the Laker fans. Apparently, I think the plan, the, <laughs> the plan is to do for Thursday a, an all mailbag episode, right? Or a mostly mailbag. We're going to open yeah. up the mailbag big time uh, for tomorrow's episode. Friday, um, Lakers Twitter favorite. Dom mm-hmm. and Rangula is going to join yeah. us. He is always a ton of fun, so be looking for that. Also, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but we are really pushing uh, to uh, get our, our subscribers up on the Lockdown Lakers YouTube channel. So we appreciate everything everybody's been doing on that front. And uh, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. Um, and what else is there? Spotify Green Room Friday noon Pacific. We'll see everybody tomorrow.